the champion barbecue in the books. Are we about to see a flurry of commitments for the Oklahoma Sooners? What's the latest out of the champion barbecue on tonight's episode of Locked on Sooner? You are Locked on Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. It is Locked On Sooners Live. So happy to be with all of you on this Monday evening. Of course, your team right here, the Oklahoma Sooners, every single day on Locked On Sooners. Tonight's episode brought to us by FanDuel Sportsbook, where you can make every moment more. FanDuel.com backslash Locked On. Just wanted to, off the top, breaking script a little bit here. Uh, not on the list of show topics for today, but, uh, uh, you know, obviously you don't plan for something like this. Just wanted to say off the top before we get into a lot of the Oklahoma football and softball conversations that, uh, man, thoughts and prayers rest in peace to one George Frazier, who, of course, uh, was the Sooner Color Commentary broadcaster on a lot of Oklahoma baseball broadcast and a longtime Colorado Rockies broadcaster obviously was a, a World Series champion in in 1987 with the Minnesota Twins but uh, man a, a big piece of Rockies broadcasting history was one George Frazier from 1998 until 2015 he was the uh, the Rockies color commentator and again was the was a world champion with the Minnesota Twins was a, a big piece of the fabric here uh, of late for Oklahoma baseball broadcast alongside Toby Rowland. And I'm not going to sit here and act like uh, I knew George Frazier personally, but I think sometimes one of the best marks about someone is, is how they handle folks that maybe they don't know altogether that well. And on the KRF uh, radio side, definitely uh, just on the behind the scenes element, got to talk to George Frazier a bit and everything that you'll hear about George Frazier is exactly right. I mean, he was a, a funny very kind, incredible man to somebody like me who, again, very, very limited interactions with George Frazier. Wouldn't claim to know him personally, but uh, on the radio production board side, George Frazier was uh, just an incredible, incredible man. And uh, again, is a, a gigantic loss for Sooner Nation and for the Sooner States. I just wanted to say George Frazier to, uh, you know, for George Frazier and for his family and his loved ones, rest in peace. Uh, incredible, incredible man. Uh, the Champion Barbecue. Let's uh, start there, right? What is uh, what? What do we know coming out of the the Champion Barbecue? Well, uh, here's what we do know, and it, it was a, a lot of what John and myself uh, discussed. A, a lot of what John and myself discussed uh, coming out of the Champion Barbecue. Good news on the recruiting predictions front for a pair of running backs, Caden Durham, and for Xavier Robinson. And the the thing that I think you like as an Oklahoma fan there is different styles, different body type runners for Oklahoma in the 2024 class. Caden Durham, well, that's a five foot nine, 180 uh, pound running back out of Duncanville down in Texas, uh, regarded as a a blue chip guy. Oklahoma in that recruitment going up against the the likes of Texas A and M and Alabama and LSU uh, among others, but those would be the the principal suitors, as it were, for one Caden Durham. He was, of course, a, a part of that Champ U Barbecue visitor list this past weekend. So recruiting predictions 
flipping, coming in for Oklahoma for Caden Durham. That's uh, that's part one of the positive news for Oklahoma out of the Champion Barbecue. And and again, a different style runner, Xavier Robinson, who has a, eclipsed the uh, two thousand plus yardage mark uh, with Carl Albert. All all sorts of rushing yards for Xavier Robinson. And again, said different different types of runners, different body types for Caden Durham and Xavier Robinson. He is uh, what you would say a a big body in the backfield, potentially going forward for Oklahoma. Six foot two, 220 is what he's listed. Uh, 24-7 sports is a three-star prospect, and I'm sure things go well this season and uh, and into when you, you head into the December early signing period. Maybe, maybe could uh, approach that four-star status. We'll see. 759 nationally for Robinson in the 24-7 sports composite, rated as the 58th running back nationally in the uh, 24-7 sports composite rankings, number five player in the state of Oklahoma. So that doesn't necessarily scream that Xavier Robinson will will wind up on that four-star line, but uh, it sounds like Oklahoma might, might be getting their running back work in and done fairly swiftly. Uh, perhaps uh, now coming out of this champion barbecue, you look at some of the uh, the tea leaves elsewhere just while we're talking running backs. I know uh, I see from from Kenny, uh, what about Taylor Tatum? Well, the uh, the news on Taylor Tatum, at least the, the most recent news, a couple of recruiting predictions in, uh, at least from what I was looking at on 24-7 sports that favors Tatum to USC. So, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't get panicky about that. Obviously, uh, Taylor Tatum's a very talented running back in his uh, own regard and a blue chip guy. And maybe there's some fans that uh, would say they they like uh, Tatum better or equal to either a uh, a Caden Durham or a Xavier Robinson. Bottom line for me is you see those tea leaves where a bunch of recruiting predictions are coming in in favor of Oklahoma for both Durham and Robinson, and then you start seeing those predictions shift away for uh for Tatum to USC to me John and I we kicked it around we said okay could this be a signing class for Oklahoma where they wind up with three running backs in it uh you want to say yes but at the end of the day you look at the situation you take stock of what's going on with Oklahoma running back as as far as I'm concerned you, you just think about every single position group at OU, quarterback, feel really good about the here and now at quarterback for Oklahoma with Dylan Gabriel, with obviously a five-star in Jackson Arnold, with, uh, with Hawkins coming in and Kevin Sperry coming in, who we'll talk about in just a moment in the 2025 class. That would be one of the first position groups at OU you feel really good about. I feel like uh, defensive backfield, safety, uh, corner we'll see, but uh, safety with Bowen and uh, with Pearson, at least in the here and now, and with and with Bowman, that has uh, kind of pretty swiftly, I think, morphed itself into one of Oklahoma's best position groups. But uh, linebacker, that, that would be another group with Canick and with Stutzman and with what they're doing on the recruiting trail. I think linebackers, really, really good for Oklahoma. But running back, running back has to be one of the best position groups right now for uh for Oklahoma no doubt when you think about uh, obviously Barnes and Sawchuck and you got Smothers and you've got Caleb Hicks and now again you know recruiting predictions are not commitments but uh we've seen 
what uh, over the last couple of years, even predating Brent Venables and this staff, the the champion barbecue. This is a lot of times where Oklahoma in these summer months makes its hay, and and definitely, uh, you know, with this this coaching staff in place now, with Brent Venables, with Demarco Murray, if if you start seeing some of those predictions coming out of the champion barbecue in favor of Oklahoma. You don't want to say it's completely imminent, but it feels like, you know, we're starting to feel pretty good about both Caden Durham and Xavier Robinson being eventually running back commits in this class. So, again, uh, you know, you'd love to have all three. I'm not saying you wouldn't with a Taylor Tatum alongside Caden Durham and Xavier Robinson, but the bottom line is there's already a bunch of talented running backs in Norman, Oklahoma, and it sounds like maybe these two well, – I mean, it definitely looks like these two are heavily trending to OU. So that's positive news there. The other uh, big piece of news for Oklahoma from the Champion Barbecue in terms of the recruiting predictions in favor of Oklahoma was Michael Patterson McDonald, who uh, John and I kicked it around last night. Uh, Michael Patterson McDonald, I think, is somebody that it's going to be – it's going to be fun to see what the final year – of his evaluation looks like from a national standpoint. I believe it's rivals that has Michael Patterson McDonald rated very, very highly. He's a four-star over there. You look uh, other places, 24 seven sports. Uh, I don't know that they, they have him ranked right now, but uh, obviously has drawn some serious interest from, from UNLV and from Houston and from Indiana and uh, the recruiting prediction in here for a Westmore product that really likes to get downhill. I said it uh, on our last show, Michael Patterson McDonald to me just looks like the prototypical, okay, Brent Venables can uh, have you in the backfield running and covering folks, but also coming downhill uh, in some, in some blitz uh, blitz packages. So I really like the the tape that I've seen for Michael Patterson McDonald. The uh, again, in, in addition to, I guess, if you want to say, the uh, Taylor Tatum news, which uh, maybe isn't uh, isn't great, obviously, if uh, that's the, the running back uh, prospect in this class that you were dead set on, hopefully arriving at Oklahoma, that would be uh, one of the names that was at the Champion Barbecue that all of a sudden we're seeing those recruiting predictions shifted elsewhere. In the case of Tatum, obviously, again, it's, it's USC. Jimmy, uh, there, yeah, there's a lot of people that like uh, Tatum's possibility in baseball. I've heard Tatum might get drafted pretty high in baseball. The, the other name that uh, we know that Oklahoma has been linked to and you're hopeful for and trending anybody along the defensive line in this class for the Sooners. One of those names, Champion Barbecue uh, attendee, Joseph Jonah Ajonye. And uh, at least there's one prediction out there that uh, has Joseph Jonah Ajonye coming out of this thing trending toward Georgia. Another prediction put in for Joseph Jonah Ajonye to Georgia. So that would be the couple of eh, not so great pieces of news for Oklahoma on the on the recruiting side. But the reality, we've heard Brian Smith say it, uh, recruiting uh, director for us or recruiting expert right here on the Locked On Network, and I'm sure Parker Thune and McQuistian and Colin Kennedy, a lot of those guys that are the the experts on the recruiting sphere – in uh, our our neck of the woods for Oklahoma, they would tell you, you're just not going to land every defensive line target. So if you told me right now that David Stone, 
Nigel Smith and a couple others trend Oklahoma's direction and sign with Oklahoma. Winarian Stone's a great place to start if you end up with just that. So disappointing news, disappointing news for uh, Joseph Jonah. A Jonah, at least what one individual out there says uh, is trending away from Oklahoma. And then uh, I guess to compliment sandwich this thing with the recruiting predictions that were positive for OU with Caden Durham and Xavier Robinson and Michael Patterson McDonald. There's uh, there's also a, a series of predictions coming in for Oklahoma in the way of uh, another champion barbecue attendee out of uh, North Carolina. That's Cornelius, North Carolina, James Nesta, the name that uh, feels like maybe lately has kind of hopped on the radar for OU. I don't know that this is a name, uh, at least John and I have talked a ton about, but uh, now all of a sudden there's uh, a series of predictions coming in for Oklahoma, three of those, in fact. And, and I always look at it for OU and say, love Colin Kennedy, love Parker Thune, love Josh uh, McQuistian, trust all of those guys and think that they do a tremendous job. But to me, when it's more than just the, the local OU guys that maybe at times a, uh, a coach that you have a good relationship, the bottom line is uh, – Bottom line is at times everybody gets fooled a little bit in recruiting. So I guess what I'm saying is when you've got uh, inside the U or a reporter over there that's crystal balling to Oklahoma, when you've got the director of football recruiting, Steve Wiltfong, crystal balling James Nesta to Oklahoma, that to me is a terrific sign in concert in conjunction with uh, a uh, crystal ball prediction for Colin Kennedy. So that to me is that's good news defensively for Oklahoma. So who is James Nesta again? Well, he is according to the 24 seven sports composite rankings again, out of North Carolina, William Amos uh, high school in North Carolina, top 400, top 375 player nationally. He's a blue chipper according to the 24-7 sports composite rankings, number 33 linebacker, number 12 player from North Carolina. And his numbers from last season, they're, they're not super eye-popping just yet, but uh, as Jimmy says, Nesta's a, a good-looking linebacker. You flip on the tape, and yeah, Nesta is a talented football player that can fly around, gets downhill in a hurry. I don't know what the 40 time is for Nesta, but he looks really quick when you put on the tape and uh, again, the, the stats from last year, not super eye popping. Uh, he finished his junior season. If this is correct, what I'm looking at on 24 seven sports uh, finishes junior year with 41 tackles. The, the TFL numbers. Now this is good. 13 TFLs sack numbers. Really, really good. Nine sacks, one forced fumble and one fumble recovery touchdown. Again, though, I mean, sometimes high school recruits, you see uh, crazy TFL numbers, uh, uh, you know, approaching or into the 20s or sack numbers that'll do that are double figures. And that tackles number uh, a little bit surprising that uh, maybe it's, uh, you know, just at 41. But you flip on the tape and you can see why Nesta is a blue chip prospect. So that's sort of some of the positives coming out of the champion barbecue. And of course, the uh, what's going to happen with David Stone, right? I mean, I think that is the recruitment that everybody is pretty interested in. I, uh, I told John last night that to me, if we can as closely or as much as we can read into the impressions that you get from a photo op, from the videos that get shared out, not totally going to get head over heels, 
but I did see in David Stone someone that to me looked like he's very, very comfortable in Norman, Oklahoma, seems to really like uh, the other folks that were on campus visiting for the champion barbecue in Oklahoma. So again, uh, looks like Oklahoma's the leader. I know that there's a, an official visit for stone now coming up to Michigan state. That's of course newsworthy. It's uh, it's noteworthy because of the relationship, the longstanding relationship there on, on both ends of the equation. We'll see what happens, right? I mean, that, that is going to be something that you couldn't with a straight face say, that to some degree, it's not a little bit alarming, but that's the nature of recruiting, right? These guys are going to take uh, official visits. They're going to check everything out. And if I can play the glass half full with David Stone, you see the official visit come down to Michigan State, and it comes off of what, by all accounts, looked like a very, very positive experience at the Champion Barbecue. And my hope would be this is the final scratch Michigan State off the list. We saw, I mean, you look at some of these names we're talking about that now all of a sudden are getting recruiting predictions elsewhere in the case of, say, a Joseph Jonah Ajonye, a defensive line target that Oklahoma was has been heavily in the mix for. That happens, right? You get some folks that come to a champion barbecue visit and they're around all these other uh, talented players. And for whatever reason, they find out on the visit, you know what? Yeah, Oklahoma's not the place for me. Taylor Tatum, maybe that was the case, or maybe that's a product of <laughs> two other really talented running backs in Durham and Robinson that appear to be heading Oklahoma's direction and what you already have at running back. Long-winded way to say, let's hope that's going to be the case with uh, with David Stone, right? Let's hope that here shortly with the Michigan State visit, you can cross one name off the list, and that'll be one more positive piece of news on the Oklahoma front tonight's episode of locked on Sooners live as always as we got to tell you a little bit about some of the Kevin Sperry news that is out there would love for you guys to just blow up the chat over there I see on uh, I see we've got a nice little number of folks here on the YouTube side with us live right now locked on Sooners live so send uh, send some of your questions in what are your thoughts what are your concerns coming out of the barbecue uh, Oklahoma football, the SEC schedules. Want to get some of your thoughts on that. Oklahoma softball, of course, uh, a massive mega shockwave week last week. Sounds like there could be some good news on the horizon. There's a interesting transfer portal entry today that it's not it's not the name from Stanford that I think some were hoping would be coming to Oklahoma, but um, maybe there's a name from Stanford that folks should familiarize themselves with very, very quickly that probably you already know about. But tonight's episode, as always, brought to us by FanDuel, FanDuel, America's number one sports book, where you can make every moment more over there at FanDuel.com backslash locked on. It's baseball season in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, again, America's number one sports book right now. New customers, a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. Don't miss your chance, again, to snag that no-sweat first no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. One final time, FanDuel.com backslash locked on to sign up. And uh, though, unfortunately, I can uh, pretty safely report there's not going to be an Oklahoma Sooner coming off the board in this uh, 2023 NBA drafts uh, first round sneaking up on us this week. There's plenty of coverage, and you might 
if you're an Oklahoma City Thunder fan or any fan uh, of somebody in the NBA. Probably a lot of our fans uh, right here on the Locked On Sooners channel. Probably many of you are Mavericks fans, et cetera, et cetera. How about you check out, check out Locked On's NBA Mock Draft special? It's here. It's bigger. It's better than ever before. Follow along the entire first round in a six-episode Ultimate Mock Draft experience. Only Locked On can deliver. All episodes available now on Locked On NBA Big Board on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Kevin Sperry, we've got some good news uh, on this front. I know that, I know that it's uh, down the pipeline here. But uh, Kevin Sperry, the report today that come out is that that came out. Uh, the report today that come out. The report today that came out is that Kevin Sperry will be moving to the Sooner State, which uh, you probably, as well as I, know this that that uh, in the world of recruiting, uh, that's a pretty good sign that this is, and we thought so just based on the way that uh, Kevin Sperry sounded when he joined uh, this program here on Locked On Sooners. You can go back and find that episode where he talks about his commitment to Oklahoma. Sounded like somebody that even from uh, the, the first moment he started talking to Jeff Lebby and OU, it didn't take very long to have the mind made up. And uh, now obviously going to be playing the final two years of his high school career right here in Oklahoma City at uh, Carl Albert. So credit, by the way, to uh, Sooner Scoop who was the the first to report that news. Uh, I would say just in terms of, you know, you start projecting forward for Oklahoma, the uh, the quality of football we know is uh, very, very good in the state of Texas. Uh, I don't like to just all the time toss out a bunch of compliments to the state of Texas. But, uh, hey, uh, quality of high school football typically is pretty good. But you go from a Rock Hill team that was just three and seven compared to a Carl Albert program that – wins championship after championship and plays for championship after championship. I kind of like that dynamic of this for Oklahoma as we, you know, project down the road for one Kevin Sperry. Uh, he, he uh, I could see him fitting in well with Carl Albert in the sense that, you know, historically a lot of the Carl Albert quarterbacks, it seems like, boy, they can, they can run the read option game a little bit. They've got uh, terrific feet. And, oh, by the way, he's going to add a dimension that at times I don't know that Carl Albert has always had with just that uh, rocket, that cannon of an arm that uh, Kevin Sperry has. 12-2 and two last season for the Titans. So I like the fact that he's going to go be a part of a winner for the last couple of years of, of high school football. Uh, let's see. What are some of the thoughts that you guys have out there? Nesta, good-looking uh, linebacker. Uh, fatty 71 Nesta is six foot five. Y yeah. James Nesta is a big boy, uh, depending on, you know, the, the heights and weights sometimes before you get somebody officially signed and on campus, it's like, okay, is, are they six, four? Are they six, five? Are they, are they two Oh five? Are they two fifteen? It's tough to, to kind of know all of that information sometimes until folks actually arrive. But the bottom line is James Nesta, he looks the part. He he looks the part of a Brent Venables linebacker going forward. You flip on that tape. I would encourage Oklahoma fans to do just that. It's uh it's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting to see uh, the possibility of who James Nesta could be. And don't uh, don't overlook the fact that in this recruitment, it looks like Oklahoma. If this prediction is right for Nesta, I mean you're winning out over North Carolina the 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 flagship program there and you're winning out over Miami which uh you know that's a that's a big recruitment a couple of 
you know, programs that it's good to win out on over uh, in the state of North Carolina for a prospect out there. Williams Winery. Yeah. What is the latest to report with Williams Winery? I don't know that uh, there's a ton new necessarily on uh, the Williams Winery front. Uh, at least uh, last time I checked before uh, starting the Locked On Sooners live here with you tonight. Still think Oklahoma's uh, in a good spot. Obviously, uh, going through a, a big month of visits, and then you've got uh, the, the the visit to Oregon in season for Williams Winery. It uh, it's a massive massive prospect in this class for Oklahoma. I, I've said it a million times. I'll say it again and again and again. To me, in so many ways, this class for Oklahoma regardless of what you do, regardless of what you do, uh, you know, Nesta, there's a bunch of prospects that we feel good about. And, uh, you know, you're off to a nice start with names like Zion Kearney and Jaden Hardy. And I really like Newcomb and, and Hawkins, of course, is potentially one of your quarterbacks of the future. Good little start with uh, Isaiah Autry on the, the offensive line. I'd like to tap into some sources this week too and find out, okay, there were some important offensive line prospects in Norman at the champion barbecue haven't really heard a ton yet on that front be honest with you haven't done a ton ton of digging on it so be curious to know uh, what type of headway Oklahoma made there but you're off to a good start kind of across the board in this class KJ Daniels is a speedster wide receiver that we really really like but it's going to come down right the way that this class in a lot of ways probably is remembered is do you win the David Stone recruitment and the Williams Winery recruitment. If you get those two and, uh, you know, whatever Oklahoma does the rest of the way, I have complete confidence that this staff, just based on the way that Brent Venables and company, that, that opening, opening month and a half, two months that Venables and he's assembling the staff and putting things together. And, hey, tip of the cap to Kel Gundy and company that uh, did a good job keeping that uh, 2022 class together. But, Brent Venables and this group have shown, I say it, I say it, I say it, they're closers. They they were closers in 22. They were closers in 23. I've got no doubt. There's no panic yet for me. Uh, I'm expecting commitments to start start dropping here quickly over the next couple of weeks and months. But Oklahoma is going to be closers in this class. And you just hope along the way, and once we get to the finish line, closers means that you're going to be closers with both David Stone and Williams Winery. It's just as we start to uh, start thinking about uh, Oklahoma making the jump to the SEC, they uh, they need those guys. Need to do some digging. Uh, just being honest, uh, Kenny Kenny wants to know Dominique McKinley. the The buzz there was was positive. I don't know that uh, you come out of this weekend and say that Oklahoma made all this uh, all this uh, type of a leap to where all of a sudden they're the leader. For McKinley, that wasn't uh, necessarily a recruitment that they were thought to be the leader for. But, hey, you, you get that type of name on campus around the other guys that were here this past weekend for Oklahoma, and uh, you got a chance to wow some folks. So I haven't heard anything negative on that. I haven't heard anything in the way of uh, now all of a sudden Oklahoma is the leader on it. So we'll continue to monitor. We'll, we'll do some some diving as this week goes along and pass on uh, what we find out on it. Yeah, Samaj Jones, another name that uh, was here for Oklahoma for the champion barbecue. Uh, so, you know, a bunch of names <laughs> to talk about on locked on Sooners and, and John and I will do that as the, the week uh, rolls along. But uh, the, the big positive news that we can definitely report is the, is the, again, the recruiting predictions that you've got for Nesta that you've got for Durham 
that you've got for Robinson, that you've got for Michael Patterson, McDonald. And I will do some digging this week for you guys to find out what we can pass along on just that full list of names that was at the, the champ you barbecue, the sec schedules, uh, you know, I said, uh, I said this, I, Jimmy, while you ask Okoye, I think uh, Oklahoma's made up a ton of ground recently with Okoye, no doubt. Heavy player. I think that uh, Oklahoma's in a much, much better spot than where we were several weeks ago, a month ago. I think, uh, you, I think you got a, a very, very legitimate chance right there. The, uh, the SEC schedules. What did all of you think of what Oklahoma got in the 2024 slate? I said it the other day. And, and I don't know that I said it on – I said on the radio side, 94.7, the ref, 99.3 FM, 1400 AM, the, uh, the ref. In Norman and Oklahoma City, and if you download the KREF app, you can listen to myself and Chris Plank from 9 to noon and uh, everybody on the, the ref network worldwide for free, that KREF app. I, I said it over there, and uh, I don't know if I said it here with John, but uh, it's easy to get focused on – the SEC schedule, and I love the slate that Oklahoma got. I think it's, uh, I think it's very, very exciting that Oklahoma fans. To me, you get what you wanted, right? This is what we wanted. We wanted Alabama and Norman. We, we wanted LSU in Norman. We want Georgia and Norman. On and on and on. You catch my drift. Tennessee and Norman, I think, is uh, obviously a very tasty matchup with the the hypel angle there. Uh, South Carolina with Beamer is is pretty intriguing. The, the trip to Death Valley, I'm convinced. I don't know how it could be anything other than a nighttime kickoff primetime there. This is what we signed up for, right? So the, the mindset of uh, a Colin Cowherd or some of the other folks out there, I just don't subscribe to any of it, in part because of some of the things that we're talking about with the champion barbecue and with this past signing class. Don't listen to anybody tell you that Oklahoma is about to beat Nebraska. First off, Oklahoma's had one bad season in uh, the past quarter century. Nebraska had had more than a couple bad seasons before it shipped off to the Big Ten. I know uh, the the end of their Big 12 stay, you'd kind of ride it yourself just a little bit if you were in Nebraska. But you think back and living that from the the Callahan years and uh, Pelini, it wasn't, you know, Pelini probably got a little bit of a bad rap, sure, at Nebraska. And, you know, in some ways they're still, still reeling from the decision to go away from Pelini, but let's not act like in Dominican Sue and Jared Crick. Let's not act like that was happening every season for Nebraska in the big 12. When they left the big 12, that was the exception to the norm when Nebraska left the big 12. So Oklahoma in, until proven otherwise in 2023 to me in a much, much different spot than Nebraska. So I say, I welcome the challenge of the SEC. When the uh, Peach Bowl went final versus LSU, to me, I said it that night, and Tyler McComas uh, at the ref could corroborate said tale. I said I didn't think Oklahoma would win a national championship until it joined the SEC. Lo and behold, we get a couple of years. And I'm hoping I'm wrong, by the way. We got, we got one piece, one year on the calendar for that statement to be proven incorrect. And I would love to be proven incorrect that Oklahoma is not winning a national championship until they get into the SEC. But to me, the, the writing was on the wall on this thing that nationally, Oklahoma's just got to get in there and play with these guys on a regular basis and know that when they, they suit up and they, they, they you know, lace it up, 
in the college football playoff and on those types of stages that they're prepared to go win those games, whether it be in Ohio State across the ledger or Michigan or a Clemson or, uh, dare I say the dirty word, a USC with a Lincoln Riley down the road. Oklahoma will be positioned to go win those games because of this move to the SEC. And that being said, we can't forget, this is what I said on the radio side to bring this uh, long-winded thought full circle here. We can't lose sight of 2023. I think this is an incredibly important season for Oklahoma as we as we build toward 2024. And whether it was a, a texter or a caller, I, I don't know if it was Travis Davidson, who it was on the radio side, that brought up the, is 2023 all about the jump to the SEC or, or not? And, and to me, it's not. Obviously, we're going to feel much, much more comfortable making the leap into the SEC if Oklahoma is Oklahoma in 2023. If Dylan Gabriel can leave Norman as a Big 12 champion, and if Oklahoma can be in that college football playoff mix, and most importantly of all, if uh, what Kenny's talking about here, talking about previous uh, appearances, the defense for Oklahoma was not good that year, and we know uh, Oklahoma's defense was not good last year. So, if Oklahoma can show us that this season, we're going to be feeling we're going to be feeling a lot, lot better about the prospects of this SEC schedule. But my charge to Oklahoma fans would be: don't be nervous about the the Alabamas or the LSU's or the Tennessees of the world. I think most Oklahoma fans aren't. I don't get the vibe that they are. I get the vibe that the the national media, everybody wants Oklahoma to be scared of this. Have you noticed that big 12 fans want Oklahoma fans to believe, Oh, this is the biggest mistake Oklahoma's ever made. Congratulations on seven and five and eight and four for the rest of uh, your days. <laughs> Shehan Jayaraja talking about Brent Venables last week. Well, why would you want to, why would you want to put out there that 10 wins is the expectation for this season? Because it's Oklahoma football, Shehan. This is the expectation for Oklahoma every single season. Right to your point, Jimmy. BV sure is confident about us having a good year. 1,000%. That was uh, one of my takeaways from BV, putting that comment out into, into the atmosphere there. He knows that this team has the potential to be better. And, and he said it, it's got to be defense. Uh, Fatty 71, if we get pressure up front, we're going to be strong. I thought for me the comment from Brent Venables about if the defense is improved, we, you know, we've got the possibility to go win 10 games. It also, I think shared a little bit of confidence in Oklahoma's. Well, I was one of the uh, hit the panic button a little bit, not a lot of it, but a little bit coming out of the spring game with Oklahoma's offensive line. And I think that was Brent Venables saying, you know what, if we are improved defensively, we're, we're more than good enough. We're more than capable enough offensively for anybody. And it's, it's reasonable too, right? I mean, look at what you're replacing across the offensive line. You're replacing NFL guys, replacing NFL guys at, uh, at both of the tackles. And uh, you know, you're replacing what uh, Murray as well up front. So you're replacing a lot along the offensive line. We know of course about Marvin Mims. There's questions with the skill guys. One of my uh, benchmark takes has been, let let me see that Oklahoma genuinely has some struggles with skill position guys before I believe that Oklahoma has some genuine struggles with skill position guys. I know that we need names to emerge. Uh, I, I know that we got to see it to believe it. 
with a, a Nick Anderson, with a Jaden Gibson, on and on and on. Some transfer portal additions, Andrew Anthony, uh, you name it, right? Uh, names that were on campus last season. LV Bunkley Shelton, can he take a big step? What about a Hester? I mean, in either of those guys, can they? Jaleel Farouk is supposed to be this number one. Can he be the number one? So I got it. But I get the impression that Brent Venables is much less concerned about that than he is uh, the the defensive side of the football. And and he knows that if they go on a Clemson-like trajectory, and what do I mean by that? I mean, uh, Brent Venables, when he was the defensive coordinator, you look at the statistics from year one to year two to year three, and uh, going off of memory and and not off uh, anything in the way of factual numbers directly in front of me, year one, uh, very mediocre at Clemson. Year two, uh, signs of improvement. Year three, Clemson was was like the nation's number one defense uh, collectively. So we need year two to reflect that type of growth at Oklahoma. And obviously they're, they're counting upon some transfer portal additions, but it has to be in-house too. I think for you, for I, for me, for everybody to feel good about this jump to the SEC and feeling like you can handle that schedule now and going forward. And oh, by the way, again, I think 23 is important. The here and now is important for us to feel like Oklahoma's on the right path and ready to handle that. Then uh, the Danny Stutzman's of the world needs to take another step, a big 12 leader in tacklers. We need to see the TFLs uptake a little bit, uh, money downs, third down, go make me a play, Danny, go make me a play, whether it's Canick or it's a Desan McCullough. Okay. Well, McCullough wouldn't be, I mean, that's a transfer portal edition, so that wouldn't necessarily be your in-house. But uh, what about in what about an Ethan Downs? What about a Grimes, who I know some are ready to to move on from, and now it's uh, transfer portal additions out on the edge. W- what about an uh, R. Mason Thomas? I need to see names that were here last year show legitimate growth defensively for Oklahoma. And if that happens and it coincides with Oklahoma being back in the mix for a Big 12 championship, I, I think they're going to be guys back in the mix for a Big 12 championship. I just think the schedule sets up that way. I think Oklahoma's too talented not to be until for two years in a row proven otherwise. I think Oklahoma's going to rise to the expectations. I, I genuinely I genuinely believe that. And I, I agree with this assessment too. And uh, even if it's not flips, I, the, the general idea of this thought from Kenny in the chat, if we have a good 2023, I see some flips in our forecast for 2024. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so, right? So some of these big names out there uh, or just locking down the the key targets, key potential signees that we've spent, you know, weeks, months talking about the the David Stones, Williams Winaries of the world. That that's been uh, again something that it's hard for me to not feel that way about Oklahoma a little bit. I'm not going to count Miguel Chavis and I know some are down. I'm not going to totally count out a Todd Bates or a Brent Venables or DeMarco Murray, who's uh, just one of the best running back recruiters in America. Uh, now, I'm not going to count out, uh, you, you know, up and down the board, just uh, anybody recruiting for Oklahoma to, to be able to go close some things down. But it would help, right, if you could, you know, even a bad season, because of what this staff has done last year, sure, is it possible for them to go land a top five, top ten class on the merits of 
we've got this thing heading in a certain direction or a top 10 class because we've got this heading in a certain direction. And look at this excitement about the SEC. I would never put it past this staff. But, man, like you probably <laughs> out there on Lockdown Sooners, uh, you probably, like me, would feel a heck of a lot more confident if you're trying to make recruiting pitches uh, in in uh, correspondence with Oklahoma going and winning double-figure games against a schedule that, I mean, let's just call it what it is. There's There's nothing of note in the non-conference portion. You don't go to Manhattan. Uh, Baylor, I think, uh, has a chance to be an off-one-year, back-on-this-year type candidate team. There, there's no Baylor. So there's a lot about this schedule that just sets up for you to go take care of business and win 10 games. So probably you you do, to a certain degree, on the recruiting front, need to do that. The SEC schedule. Haven't uh, seen a lot of uh, folks in there sharing your thoughts. I mean, what do you think about the, the schedule that we saw? Uh, Larry says 2023 is all about showing future recruits that Oklahoma is not what was on the field last year. Progress, right? I mean, that uh, I think was one of the key buzzwords we had for last season. We wanted to see that there was progress defensively, namely for Oklahoma. And the scary thing was really we saw a step the other direction. So now that's got to be the big thing, right? This is, uh, I'll put it up there one more time. 2023, it's all about showing future recruits. Oklahoma, not what was on the field last year. That defensively, there's been some massive, massive jumps forward. It's got to be the case. Got to be the case for Oklahoma. Just uh, in closing here, uh, because obviously uh, solo dolo tonight, uh, riding, riding solo, minus uh, one John Williams. He'll be, uh, I think he's back next week for the live show, but if he's not, he's, He's uh, which, by the way, I should have said this as well off the top. Happy anniversary, John. Happy anniversary to uh, your lovely wife. Congratulations to you both. Uh, every year that goes by as an anniversary is one heck of an accomplishment. So congratulations to you both. And uh, we I miss you tonight, but you'll be back uh, very, very shortly. He's got a vacation coming up in the next couple of weeks, too. So you're going to be getting a lot of Josh Elmer on Locked On Sooners. Uh, in closing, unless you guys have some, some questions and thoughts you want to toss my direction, Oklahoma softball, an update there. The, uh, the big news, the big uh, softball news today, did you see who entered the transfer portal? One name, and no, it's, uh, it's not Nigel Kennedy, though I know a lot of you would like it to be. Nigel Kennedy, but uh, could I interest you in one Elena Vodder to the University of Oklahoma before this transfer portal cycle is all said and done? Stanford All-American pitcher uh, Elena Vodder has entered the transfer portal and has reportedly made a decision on her future. We'll see if that uh, decision could be Oklahoma. I mean, as, as far as I'm concerned, until I see that uh, you're going somewhere other than Oklahoma, and there's an obvious need for OU given uh, the Jordy Ball fallout at OU, come on down. Come on down, uh, Elena Vonner. You can come win a championship with Oklahoma. Superstar-type talent that would really stabilize things. Not that you're in a bad place at all. If you're Oklahoma softball, you're in a great place with uh, Nicole May and what she did last season. And Kirsten Deal will just continue to get better and better and better. And she was a top-rated recruit for a reason. So you've got, you've got something that's proven gold 
in the circle in Nicole May. You've got what could be a superstar in the making in Kirsten Deal. And uh, you've got S.J. Guerin, who we can't forget about. The development there will be will be potentially very important for Oklahoma softball entering 2024. But if you're telling me Elena Vodder, a chance, three-time All-Pac-12 honoree, career numbers that look like 175 ERA, 77 wins, a 220 opponent batting average against, and, oh, I don't know, 527 strikeouts. Yeah, uh, that, that would be great to add to the Oklahoma staff. 181 ERA, 21 and 8 record in 40 appearances, 27 starts, by the way, in the 2023 season. And was good, right? Was good against Oklahoma in the Women's College World Series, which that's that's where you earn a lot of respect from Sooner fans. Is how do you how do you match up versus this Oklahoma lineup? And she she did uh, she did a serviceable uh, more than serviceable job, held her own, and was really really good, incredible versus Alabama. Five and a third shutout innings there, so that's a name to watch on the softball front. I continue to hear a little bit of buzz on Kern. To Oklahoma, I know there's nothing in the way of anything being officially official, but uh, it sounds like that could be a possibility here in the near future out of the transfer portal. I know a lot of folks have had that name, and I don't know if it's a Vodder, if it's a Kern transferring to Oklahoma. I don't know if that's it. I think that maybe there could be another name still out there for Oklahoma. So that's just a little bit of, of what is out there on the news and notes side. And then with Kern, sort of what uh, a little bit of the intel, some of the buzz you hear out there sounds like. That's going to do it, though. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this version of Locked On Sooners Live. A little bit different version of Locked On Sooners, obviously. I know a bunch of you, hey, thanks for showing up tonight uh, in, the, in the chat. Appreciate your comments, as always. Every Monday night, right here, Locked On Sooners Live, 9 o'clock. Pencil it into your calendar. Don't forget about it. Oh, you football, oh, you football, oh, you football all the time. But uh, appreciate you guys for swinging by, as always. Locked on Sooners, your team every single day right here. This is, uh, this is, this is one of your one-stop shops for Sooner fans. So thank you, everybody, for swinging by. Had a fun time. We'll have, I'm sure, a bunch to uh, talk about next week. I'm hoping we're going to have some commitments between now and then. I, I think you're going to have at least one, just based on the tea leaves that are out there, some of the recruiting predictions. Feels like we're going to have at least one, but we'll see. We'll see if uh, if indeed we have a commitment between now and then. But if we don't, nobody hit that panic button totally. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep you covered right here on Locked On Sooners. Until next time, thanks for swinging by, everybody. We'll do it all over again where we're going to keep talking some of the fallout from this champion barbecue and more right here on Locked On Sooners. Boomer Sooner, everybody.